mercy, God's gift of not giving us what we deserve. Grace, God's gift of lavishing an unearned gift of love on us. I want, I want you to grasp mercy today. Guilt laden, full of shame, heavy, burdened. Jesus died so that we might live. Some of you are questioning, yeah, mercy's good for others, but mm, not for me. And I just want you to understand that Jesus paid it all for you and for me. It doesn't matter what has happened in the past. It doesn't matter what you did. It doesn't matter what you said or did this morning as long as you realize that you don't want to keep on, keeping on with those mistakes and those sinful ways. Jesus said, I have paid it all. You are forgiven. Today is the day where you can make a change. You don't have to keep carrying what you've been carrying. You can let go of the burdens today, and you can live a joy-filled life. Doesn't mean that life's going to be easy. Jesus said that, and that's where we're going. Last week, I talked about palm trees, because in the Psalms, it says, the righteous will flourish like palm trees. And I talked about the characteristics of palm trees and that they were designed to, to bounce and to bend but not to break when they are enduring the, the hurricane-type forces, the winds and the storms. They were flexible. Palm trees are flexible. They go with the storm. They also have these deep tap roots that are good for their stability, but it's also that in the seasons of drought, they dig deep into the water source. And finally, palm trees, after enduring a storm, are stronger and more beautiful. You and I are to be palm trees. We are the righteous ones. Today is kind of part two of that, in that I want to give you from two passages of Scripture. I want to give you some, you got to just bear with me. <laughs> my, uh, my body's not cooperating this morning, so just claim it. Uh, I'm claiming the blood of Jesus over me right now. Uh, I'm giving two, I want you to hear from two Scripture verses very detailed, specific actions. This is the game plan for us as righteous people of Jesus Christ. So I want you to hear first from Psalm 37. Psalm 37. I'm going to read selected verses. But as, as we listen, I want you to hear the action words that the psalmist gives us. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him, and he will do this. He will make your righteousness shine like the dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Rest, be still before the Lord, and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when men succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. 
Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For evil men will be cut off, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The salvation of the righteous comes from the Lord. He is a stronghold in times of trouble. The Lord helps them and delivers them. He delivers them from the wicked and saves them because they take refuge in him. Let's go back and look at those action words and what God is speaking to us, what God wants to remind us through the psalmist today. First of all, trust Don't allow your present circumstances to limit your faith. I'm going to say that again. Do not allow your present circumstances to limit your faith or to dictate your future. This is telling us to cultivate our faithfulness. I loved when my dad would get the cultivator out on our farm because in Minnesota it's deep, rich, black soil. And when he would cultivate the soil and get it ready for planting, all of the richness and and the worms and all of the good stuff would come up. How are you cultivating your faithfulness? How are you being called to go deeper in your faith. Next, delight yourself in the Lord. Now, you have to understand this. The Hebrew for delight means to be soft and pliable, kind of like palm trees, right? To be soft and pliable. Now, I think I've mentioned this in here before, but you have to understand, we don't, we don't, worship and serve a Santa Claus God. So he, this, this is not telling us that, hey, if, we, if we're good to God, then he's going to give us everything on our list. That's not what it means. When we are flexible, when we are pliable, when our heart is surrendered to God, then that means our heart becomes more in sync with God's heart. Does that make sense to you? When we are flexible, when we say not my will but thy will be done, our heart becomes much more in sync with God's heart, God's will, God's direction for our life. Next, commit. Remember last week we looked at that verse in Matthew, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, where are your priorities? And remember that we are his righteous people. Remember, righteousness is nothing we can come up with on our own, but it is something that we have. It's a state of being through the atoning sacrifice, through the very blood of Jesus Christ that was spilled on our behalf. Thanks be to God. Be still. It also means to wait. This is where... We have to remember that we are not a people that is called to striving. That's who we think we are, but we need to stop striving. We must surrender and rest in him. Does that mean do nothing? No. It means to wait upon the Lord, and it means that God will be guiding us and directing us. I think I mentioned this last week that For a long time, surrender was just a really awful word to me. It had a very negative connotation. It meant to me weakness, and that's exactly the opposite of what I've experienced when I do surrender to Jesus Christ. 
Because when I surrender, then I have freedom. It's not about me. It's not stirring up all um, control and thinking that I can or need to do things on my own. It's resting in him. It is surrendering so that he is in charge and not me. Next, refrain. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Let me see how I can... Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. You need to understand this, that emotions are emotions. We need to feel our emotions. We acknowledge them, we feel them, but then we give them to Jesus Christ. We give them to Jesus Christ. Let him be the filter for our emotions. And then Jesus Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will guide us and direct us for the appropriate expression of emotions. Hmm. Hope. Hope, it says, take refuge. Hope also means wait. Again, I want to share the Hebrew with you. Wait and hope in Hebrew means twist, stretch. It means tension of enduring. So do you get that? That when you are waiting upon the Lord, when you are hoping on the Lord, it more than likely is not going to be a comfortable season. That this is the time when God says, I don't want you to remain the same. I want you to grow. And because of that, when I say wait, when I say hope in me, God says, I may stretch you a bit. You may feel some tension. You may feel that I'm just twisting your heart because I want you to develop trust in me. This is powerful stuff. You know a a familiar scripture perhaps in Isaiah chapter 40, those who hope or wait upon the Lord will rise up on wings like eagles. What a beautiful image. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not be faked. That's God's promise to us. That when we wait, when we choose to hope, when we choose to keep our eyes, when we commit to Jesus Christ and keep our eyes focused on him, God will provide. God will see us through. God will continue to transform us. Now, there are three things to help us get in the game. And I want you to look, first of all, at the first one, which is to get dressed. And by that, I mean we need to put on our spiritual armor. Turn to Ephesians 6 in your Bibles. Ephesians 6. See, I tell you this a lot, but the battle between good and evil is very real. And the more we do our best to be followers of Jesus Christ, when we are all in for Jesus Christ, then Satan and his army, the enemy, is doing everything in his power to fight against us, to separate us, to, to keep um, obstacles and strongholds in the way so that we don't have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. Paul has a lot of really cool imagery from Roman war times, and I could spend a whole, whole morning talking about what this really means, but that we'll save for another time. Look at Ephesians 6, starting with the 13th verse. Therefore, put on the full armor of God 
so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Just a little bit about each one of these. The belt of truth. You and I need to know the scriptures. We need to renew our minds. We need to follow the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to prove to us what scripture says. The good, perfect, and acceptable word of God. There's a new book out. I didn't bring the the title today. But there's a book that I think it's 100 or 101 of the the verses that every follower of Jesus should commit to memory. We need to be about that. The word of God needs to dwell richly in our heart. That is the truth upon which we stand. Secondly, breastplate of righteousness. That's fully claiming our identity in Christ Jesus. And it's also guarding our heart. It's taking refuge in Jesus Christ. Nobody else, nothing else. Feet ready for the gospel. Remember some of you who were here last week, I preached on that that scripture, I am not ashamed of the gospel. That means that our feet are ready. The gospel is very simple. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, no matter what you've done, where you've been, what you've thought, whoever believes in him, will not perish, but will have everlasting life. That's the gospel truth. That's what we're to stand on. We are to be ready. It says feet, shoes with readiness. We are to be ready to live out the gospel. God's calling each one of us to live it out in very personal and unique ways. The shield of faith. (laughs) This is one that when I did some research back in Roman times, it was like two and a half feet by two and a half feet. It's this big piece of wood, usually covered with leather and, and pieces of metal. This was to protect the whole body. Faith in Jesus Christ will and can protect us. It says... Have the shield of faith to protect us from flaming arrows of the enemy. That was another thing. I read that that the soldiers would put pitch at the end of the arrows and then they'd light them on fire. Well, when we are doing our best to live a life in Jesus Christ, the enemy is constantly shooting flaming arrows at us to get us distracted, to get us off track. And we claim our faith in Jesus Christ. We just simply have to say, I believe, Lord, help my unbelief. All you have to say is, I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. The helmet of salvation. 
You know, last week I talked a lot, and I mentioned it already this morning, I'm covered by the blood of the Lamb. Well, that sounds pretty crazy. The helmet of salvation is a constant reminder to me that God shed his blood so that I have victory over sin and death. So when I literally think of having a helmet of salvation on, I am claiming that Jesus shed his blood for me. And I am claiming the victory that I have, not only over death, but over sin. Because I am, we are sinful people. So when I think of helmet of salvation, that is the knowledge of what Jesus did for me, it is protecting my mind, my ears, from the doubts and the lies and the distractions of the enemy. And finally, the sword of the Spirit. Again, it's the very word of God. This isn't something that just needs to be on our shelf or I see it in the back window or on the dash of cars. This is something that we need to feed upon each and every day. It gives us what we need. You know, Scripture says it's, it, the Word of God is, is alive and active. It's sharper than a, a double-edged sword. It will help us determine and discern the will of God for our lives. The answers are in here. Get dressed for battle. Secondly, the game plan includes praise. A lot of what we sang today was just, hallelujah, I praise you. All creatures of our God and King. Scripture talks about how creation praises God's holy name. We are called to praise, and this is the clincher. This, you gotta, gotta remember this. Praise is based upon who God is not upon our circumstances. Do you hear me? Because some of you, I, we are going through some tough stuff right now. And it would be very easy to say, hey, things aren't going well, so why would I praise the name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? It's especially when we should praise. Praise is acknowledging who God is. That God is God over the storm. God is God over the circumstances. God is God. Praise, I wrote this down so I would get it just right. God kind of gave me one of those downloads. I love that when it happens. Praise breaks the grip of the enemy. If you are feeling like you have a dark cloud over your head or you are so confused, you are, are hearing that condemnation or those negative thoughts, if you don't feel that you are worthy, you start praising Jesus. You start giving God glory for being God. How about that? Praise redirects our focus we don't intentionally have a pity party and jump in a puddle. But boy, that is our human nature. And when everything around you is chaos and when you are, are trying to divert from all of the fiery arrows of the enemy, it's very easy for us to get our focus off track and to focus on our problems and the challenges and what's not going right the moment we praise God for being God, for 
for giving us his son Jesus Christ for the victory over sin and death for his spirit that is our comforter our counselor our advocate the moment we start praising we're right back on track it changes the atmosphere it changes our attitude praise changes our hearts and this is the cool thing when we choose to give God praise and we worship him it invites the presence of God into our circumstances. That's exactly where I want him. So, again, be determined. Make a choice. Praise shouldn't be attached to circumstances. It shouldn't be dependent upon material possessions or specific events. We should not praise God only when we get an A on an exam or only when we have a good, wholesome conversation with a friend or only when the ultrasound is clear or only when the scan is, is clear. Do you get my, uh, do you understand? We praise him especially when things aren't going the way we want them to. We praise them in the midst of the storm. We praise them when we've lost a job, we praise him when things are difficult. And thirdly, we pray. You know, Jesus didn't do a thing without praying first. If we read the New Testament, not one thing did he do without praying first. Well, if we're followers of Jesus, then neither should we. Prayer ushers us into the presence, the power, and the purpose of God. Now, I'm thinking I'm, I'm going to preach on prayer some more, but for now, I've got several things I want to share with you. First of all, you need to be persistent. You pray whether you feel like it or not, and especially when and if you aren't hearing from God or you don't think you're receiving an answer, you stick with it. And you, in those times especially, I want to encourage you to be vulnerable to ask other brothers and sisters in Christ to pray for and with you. Don't think that you need to be such a, a stoic follower of Christ that you have to pray on your own. Because a lot of you, and I've experienced it too, get to the place where you can't pray. Scripture says when we are in those circumstances, then the Holy Spirit groans for us. But let me encourage you, if you are at a place in your life this season, uh, this stormy season, and you can't pray, be vulnerable enough to say to someone you trust, a brother or a sister, I need you to pray with me. I need you to pray over me. I need your help. You need to pray God's word. I talk about this a lot, but this is full of God's promises and we need to personalize it. We need to claim it fully that what it says in here is true for you and for me. We need to be about intercessory prayer. That means we will intercede. We will stand in the gap for other people. When, when someone comes to your mind, when someone is on your heart, when you're thinking about someone, pray for them. And let me tell you, when you are with somebody and they say something and you, you feel inside, oh, 
I should pray for them. Don't be one of those people who says, oh, I'll pray for you, and then never do it. Stop right there. I don't care if you're in the middle of a grocery store or wherever you are. If you're in the middle of the hallway at school, stop and pray. God honors that when we are obedient to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we, we need to just go back to the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. The Lord's Prayer. If you haven't prayed it in a while, it's a very powerful prayer. I suggest that you pray it three times a day this week and stand firm on what God reveals to you through the power of that prayer. So the game plan is this. We get dressed for battle. We praise and we pray. We've got to take action. This week, I want to ask you to to ask God to reveal to you where your focus should be. We've actually, I mean, I've given you a lot from two different passages of Scripture. Ask God for the Holy Spirit to convict you to give you the courage to claim your identity, your righteousness that is yours through Christ Jesus. We've got to surrender. We've got to stop striving. We've got to hope and wait on the Lord. We've got to persevere. I've asked Nick to to sing this song. It's more of a, a reflection prayer song. So follow along with the words or close your eyes if that helps you. This is a time for you and God through the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray God's blessings upon you as you persevere. Let's follow the game plan in the name of Christ.